We are going through another division for our NFL preview. This time it is the AFC West, Dilly's division. Um, so I had to get this guy on here for sure to talk about his team. Um, before we get into that, though, we do want to go through some preseason stuff. As uh, week one of the NFL preseason started uh, last weekend, so a lot to get to with just initial reactions, the games. Uh, personally, I'm just happy that football is back on our TVs and we get to watch it. Um, why don't we start with you, Terry? Um, with week one in the books, with the shortened preseason, uh, what caught your eye? What teams? Um, anything general in terms of just the NFL preseason starting and the season starting up again? I'm with you. I am really just, even though it's preseason, uh, excited to be able to watch football again. It was a lot of fun. Felt really good. All sorts of games. And then, you know, there's, you don't really watch it for the win loss, but when there are players you are into that are rookies or things you still have question marks about, it's really good for that. So there was like a lot of rookies I was watching across pretty much every game, <clears throat> namely the quarterbacks. There was a lot of uh, a lot of good quarterback play that we saw from these rookies. I know there are some I was more impressed with than others, but I thought they all showed flashes at least yeah. of some some high potential. Were there which of the quarterbacks really stuck out to you guys most? I didn't think uh, any, like you said, I don't think any of them looked bad, which is kind of crazy when you get this many drafts, I guess, for quarterbacks to possibly start in the future. Uh, definitely some, the mechanics looked a little off. I think, honestly, though, um, maybe it's the pressure of like, this is it, first game jitters in the NFL, trying to get up to date on it. Some of these guys obviously have a bigger target on their back than others. Um I really like Zach Wilson. I really liked Mac Jones. Um, obviously, you want to see more out of like the Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, but they're going to protect those guys that were higher draft picks, get them some reps, and then move them in a little later. Um, but definitely all of them had some flat. Like Trevor Lawrence had a great freaking, like, was it like a 30 yard bomb to Marvin Jones? Beautiful ball. Um, Justin Fields looked a little uncomfortable to start. It looked like he settled in a little later. Zach Wilson looked the most comfortable out of all the quarterbacks to me, and Mac Jones was throwing dimes. So I, I'm i more of a fan of this as a football fan for the longevity of the the sport and the new era of quarterbacks coming in. Um, but other than that, there, there was also a lot of bad plays from <laughs> some of these teams that left me some question marks. Um, just a, a lot of mental errors, and I think uh, I, I saw it today uh, – have you guys seen the penalties are already starting to throw for the excessive celebrating when I saw the, the Colts running back run through seven guys to get up and he flexed and they threw a flag. I was like, bro, if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to do any celebrations this year. Oh my God, that's so dumb. I think that, you know, going through the preseason process, hopefully the officiating gets better and they kind of uh, narrow down some of these rules that they're trying to implement because that's that's dumb. That's for sure. That's pathetic. Um, but going to just hop on what Dilly said about the quarterbacks, um, I thought, again, Zach Wilson did look the best out of all the, the quarterbacks out there, um, along with Trevor Lawrence. And, um, you know, with these guys, they already have their roles 
pretty much set in stone, even Mac Jones to an extent. I think that's why, um, to an extent, that he he played better because he 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 has a comfortable role as the backup for the Patriots. Um, you know, Zach and Trevor are going to be starters out of the gate. Coincidentally, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I thought they looked the most uncomfortable during the preseason games. Obviously, Trey Lance had that 80-yard bomb, um, and then Justin Fields, he had that rushing touchdown in and um, a 30-yard touchdown pass to literally an uncovered Jesse James. So um, there were some question marks with Justin Fields that I had just um, even going up against third-string defenders I thought he was holding on to the ball too long and relying on his legs too much. Where in a when you know in the preseason preseason you want him to kind of rely on him going through his progressions and finding a target. I did think he made a a couple of good throws, um, especially down the middle of the seam where he tends to look first. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, with the first game, obviously, um, there's a lot more questions than answers at this point. But to Dilly's point, I am thoroughly impressed with just all the quarterbacks and how they um, were able to handle just their first preseason game. And coincidentally, Jordan Love, um, I wanted to mention him. He did look great um, in his pro debut. Um, I- I'm interested to see what you have to say about that, Taryn. Um, I know you're not the biggest of Jordan Love fans, but as a Packer guru... Um, I know that you had comments about him looking not as bad as you thought. Yeah. Uh, before I get there, we are three for three with the Zach Wilson love. That one was a, a game that I watched and was the only quarterback of them where I was like, this dude doesn't look like a rookie. He went, he had the sh- shortest average time to throw for all those guys uh, for week one of the preseason. And every the, the ball had an incredible amount of zip on it. But it was just like every throw was not only just like he hit the guy, but it looked like he put the ball exactly where he wanted it, right on their hands, right on the numbers. I saw him bouncing from read to read quickly and just delivering. I was extremely impressed. The other ones all, like I said, had some flashes, but some negatives there. I actually didn't think Trevor Lawrence looked very good. Just from like a mechanic standpoint, he looked fine, but the ball just, it was kind of the opposite. It didn't look like he was putting it in, in all the best spots every time necessarily. Then outside of Trey Lance's, you know, the one on Twitter that everybody saw, which, yeah, super impressive. Right. The guy was wide open, but man, the angle <laughs> that would of be that flash goes so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing, that thing looked like it soared across the ground and then went up. It, the, his arm strength is absurd. Other than that, I thought he looked very oblivious in the pocket. He had bad pass protection, but still like just couldn't even feel the pressure that was obviously getting him all game. And I thought there were some accuracy issues there. It's not too surprising, and I don't think it uh, is a death sentence for him. He has played one game in the last year. Yeah, I was and, about to mention that. Yeah, you know, is in the FCS also. Then uh, Mac Jones also really surprising. I think that makes the quarterback competition a little bit more of a question mark for me because I'm not a big cam believer and he just ran the offense really well. He had that one throw downfield, which I thought the was the most impressive throw of the week, even though it was an incompletion. That one's going to be fun to keep monitoring going forward. And then Justin Fields was somebody else I commented on. 
I watched the first his first throw and I was like, that's a little that's a little weird. I wonder what maybe, you know, first throw. And then a couple more and I was like, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. His, the way the way he was positioning his elbow and his shoulder, like trying way too hard to come over the top. Didn't look like he engaged his lower body at all when he was throwing. And it's not something I noticed at co- in college, which is, I liked him coming out too. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but he didn't impress me too much from a passing standpoint. However, his on his feet was scary. He looked huge and very fast. I agree that he held onto the ball a little too long. It could have been that there wasn't a lot open downfield and he did have the best pass protection. I think of all the rookies as well. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I said this off air, but it's tough to evaluate some things because NFL Game Pass doesn't give us the all 22 for preseason. So you can't like look downfield and see what these guys are looking at. But yeah, uh, he looked extremely athletic, which is scary, but certainly some things to clean up there. And two other guys, one of them you mentioned, Jordan Love. I, I hate Packers fans sometimes and media because... You would think that we drafted Aaron Rodgers again, the way that my Twitter feed was going during that game. Three for three. He, Let's go. Far <laughs> Rodgers and love. 60 exactly. years of quarterback. I actually saw that, that tweet <laughs> exactly a bunch go. of times. Um, he looked fine. That's it. He just looked all right. He made some good throws. There was not as much zip on the ball as I was expecting. Uh, looked like he was trying to place it a little too much versus just letting letting the ball go um, but yeah i expected him to look awful and he looked serviceable that's which is an improvement but that's all i have to say to that yeah just to touch other... on it oh go ahead no, go ahead no well, go what ahead. i was gonna say was uh the mac jones thing is interesting to me because out of all of the coaches that's gonna be totally a belichick call and even if he looks good in preseason, I still think Belichick holds him out to start. I'll probably still give Cam some reps. Um, but uh, kind of Justin Herbert last year kind of struggled in the beginning of the preseason, and he ended up winning Rookie of the Year. I'm not saying any of these guys are, but it's it's really hard for me to judge like the first game. Just be, dude, like that's gonna be nervous as hell to play your first NFL game, especially like to KB's point with a guy like Justin Fields. You're not the starter right now. You got to earn that. So maybe it's kind of that pressure mindset. Um, but it's almost like we haven't been giving, um, oh my God, I just blanked out his name, Zach Wilson credit, whereas this whole preseason before, everyone's been talking about who's going to be the best rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. No one's really been talking about Zach Wilson, it, including us. We, I know we have not been talking about Zach Wilson on this podcast. He did get drafted. He was the number two quarterback, obviously, for a reason. And he's maybe he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because there's not a whole lot of media love for Zach Wilson out there. And I'm here for it. Go good for the Jets. I mean, you have to wonder if, you know, just the lack of pressure and the motivation yeah. for him to prove people wrong, even though he was the number two pick. Like, um, I think with Zach Wilson, he's just in a perfect situation to to just play his game. And um, the Jets are obviously going to cater to to his strengths, um, which no, Adam I, Gase. I don't. Right, um, which I, I don't think that's the case for some of the, the rookie quarterbacks here. Um, and I just wanted to touch on something that Taryn said about Justin Fields. Um, I know when you had, uh, we talked about this off air, just when you had initially said something that was wrong with his mechanics, I initially got worried because 
when I saw him and his throwing motion during the games, especially during that first half, I was wondering if, you know, this is something that Matt Nagy, that John DeFilippo, our quarterback's coach, um, if this is something that they're trying to instill in him and in changing his mechanics. Um, Matt Nagy has obviously worked in Kansas City. He was with Alex Smith, uh, DeFilippo. He was in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz and Jacksonville before that. Um, so they have a history of, um, in a way, nurturing quarterbacks and, and helping them out. But obviously with the, the, the track record with Trubisky and that being a dud, I'm hoping that you know the adjustments that Nagy and DeFlipper are trying to make with Justin Fields isn't hindering him. And you know a lot of a lot of Bears fans and a lot of surface level fans might might see Justin Fields um, and just the intangibles he has, the speed. That stuff might cover up his throwing mechanics, and they might not see it as an issue right now. Um, which what I saw on my Twitter feed at least is just a lot of Bears fans being hyped up about. Um, you know, the plays he made during that game, uh, obviously the rushing touchdown and the touchdown itself to Jesse James, like, I was definitely concerned more so after the game with the mechanics. Um, I hope that this, again, is just, you know, first game jitters. He's trying to, you know, overdo things a little bit, or maybe he's just trying to get up to game speed. But um, I hope it's not a lingering issue moving forward. I think that's a total, totally reasonable concern to have, especially because if it's not as if he was a perfect prospect, but the issues in his game, at least from what I saw and what seems to be consensus, is not his anything with his throwing mechanics. He right. was a really good passer. It was any more just either going through progressions or pocket presence, feeling pressure, holding onto the ball too long. Those are the concerns for him. So I don't know that a complete change to his throwing motion is something that he needs, but I guess we'll see. That's a that's a good point. And that makes a lot of yeah. sense because right away when I noticed <laughs> it, I was like, I watched so many snaps of this dude, like damn near every throw he made in his college career, and it did not look like this. So yeah. I was really confused as to what was going on. We also don't know if they're trying to maybe tweak something. Like maybe a right. quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator is like, oh, we think if you do this, it might help you out more. And maybe he's right. not used to that. And we've seen that over the years. Guys come in to kind of chisel their craft better lack of words. And it's not necessary. It's, it's hard. Like in the long run, it could work out. We saw that with Josh Allen, right? He had to change his throwing motion and ended up working out better for him, but it didn't look great to start. It's a, it's, it's when you've been throwing the same way for 10 plus years, it's hard to kind of even make those minor adjustments. You're going to notice it right away. Yeah. I guess I'm just being like a nitpicky bears fan. Like, I again, I didn't see any problems with the story motion out of college. I don't see any reason why they need to change it or like improve on something that already was a strain for him. Um, so yeah, that that that's you know an initial concern. Uh, obviously, like they, the preseason, they ended up winning the game. I did bet the Bears on the on the on the spread. That's <laughs> Yes, I am betting NFL preseason, and I am putting a lot of attention. To it, so. uh, just bet. I saw this thing where someone just put like eight unders, and they all hit over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty genius. That's pretty genius. You know I might do that. Maybe next week. Again, we don't know who's gonna end up playing. Like, yeah, you'll see know, some like, more some... starters this upcoming week. More defensive starters. You like, you guys play the Bills this week. 
So you should get some uh, nice secondary work. Mitch Trubisky revenge game, baby. <laughs> I love to see it. It's not going to happen. I'm so it's... excited for that game, dude. It's either going to be a really good game for I can look it up. It's either going to be a really good game for him or he is he's not going to have fun. Well, the crappy thing is for, like, I could totally see this being a narrative, but he is a it's in Chicago. almost veteran NFL starter at this point. Like he's he has played a lot. He's played out a full rookie contract, um, starting most of those games. So he has experience. Doesn't mean he's better than Justin Fields, but I could totally see that happening where he looks half decent and everyone's like, "Oh gosh, what have we done?" Bro, Nathan Peterman is a fucking NFL vet at this point. (laughs) So (laughs) this might be a hot take, but even when Trubisky was with the Bears, I did not think he was like a bottom five quarterback, which was everyone was saying, I just, you know, when you, when you're picked that high in the draft, you have expectations and um, he would make a great yeah. that end. Yeah. He's athletic as hell. Like I'm not even joking. He's super athletic. athletic. Be, be the smart Tim Tebow round. Don't wait eight years to make this change. Speaking of tight ends. Did you guys see that Tim Tebow clip? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it did look bad, but he also did set the edge and was a five-yard pickup at That's the same time. Yes, it didn't look he good. Did what he had to do. <laughs> if you get it done and it's not pretty, if you still get the job done, you get it done. It looked horrific, and the guy, for whatever reason, I can't believe he bit on Tim Tebow and went inside the defensive lineman. But he did his job. On the other end, though, from what else I saw. He looks a little slow. Grant, I, you know, I get it's Tim Tebow, but like, I, do you guys think he? I don't. I, I don't think he's a starting tight end. But do you guys think he makes a roster? Yes, I think he makes the fifty-three. Fuck, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's no way they There's, could start him. I don't know no. why, but there is there is such a desire for tight ends, and you know the fact that he is learning the position and that he made camp and you know he's playing with them that only helps his cause like well tight end position has to be one of the shallowest in the nfl as far as elite level you know what i mean oh yeah like <laughs> like I, it's like it's like travis kelsey and george killer 1a 1b then there's darren waller and then there's like fucking and then there's just a cliff and then it just falls off yeah yeah KB knows something about tight ends. His team's got 14 of them. Yeah, that, I was going to bring that up. You guys have... Uh, but, like, they're all, like... I've heard of these guys. Like, they're all, like, named tight ends. You've heard of them, but they all suck. <laughs> and the I can't one believe that, Jimmy like, Graham everyone, is still on a roster, bro. The one that's supposed to be amazing, Cole Komet. Yeah. I think he's average at best, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sucks. All right. Um, anything else on the preseason before we move on? Last note that I had was Daniel really, Jones still sucks. Um, who Daniel Jones still sucks? Yeah, I'm really curious how like going forward the rest of it affects public perception and if it has if it changes anything in the betting markets because a lot of the games, especially with the quarterbacks, I had to watch after the fact. I had to watch you know the replay, uh, and just on Twitter I was like, damn, okay, Trey Lance probably looked fucking amazing. Justin Fields. That one I did watch, uh, like as it was going, but I then rewatched it again. He looked fucking amazing. Uh, a couple other things too, like Jordan Love looked like the second coming. Tua looked like dog shit. 
all these things. And it was actually like the reverse because people just like to take one play they saw on Twitter, you know, the Trey Lance bomb, the Justin Fields run to an interception. Drew Locke looked like a god off of one play on Twitter. Drew Locke kind of looked good the whole game. But yeah, I, I agree with what you said earlier. I think off air that it doesn't mean a whole lot. Tua looked phenomenal, though. Just saying. I don't care that he threw an interception. No, Tua did look very good. But people Dude only care about slain. stats. No one gives a shit about the eye test anymore, I swear. But I also think it's it's football fatigue. We haven't had NFL in so long, so everyone is just hyped up for even just preseason football. And you know how it is. It's overreaction. Everyone's going to overreact to the first thing they see. Yep, I agree. But that was pretty much mostly my thoughts. Uh, another thing actually important to remember with all this you remember Daniel Jones' first preseason game? The world was imploding because he looked okay and everyone was acting like he was Peyton Manning. Yeah, now so, I saw him throw an interception to Monty Teo's girlfriend, so. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Long season for the Giants fans. Good luck. You know what's crazy? <laughs> the Jets are going to have a better record than the Giants this year. <laughs> New York's going to implode. Jets are going to be better, and they didn't get Kawhi Leonard. Shout out, Giants fans. Yeah, (laughs) Giants fans, come on the show. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to the AFC West. Um, I think it'll be best to start off just based on the records last year, so we'll start at the bottom. Um, I would argue the most interesting team in this division, um, the Denver Broncos. They had, obviously, a disappointing year last year. Um, ending at five and eleven, but um, like many other teams, I think this team got hit by the injury bug the most. Um, and you know, with their guys coming back and the moves they made in the offseason, um, I know on this podcast we've said we have high expectations for this team for sure. Um, Silly, why don't you start us off with just your thoughts on the Broncos? Man, so the injury bug, I think, is an understatement from last year. Um, I was really excited to see Cortland Sutton last year, and, you know, he goes down week two with that shoulder injury. And then, um, obviously, with Jerry Judy coming on as a rookie, getting double covered every game, you're not going to see as much as you can. Um, my Actually, my offensive impact player is Jerry Judy this year. Um, he had 113 targets last year and only 52 catches. A lot of that was from Drew Locke just not putting the ball really in catchable places. Um, but a guy that I, obviously I think the targets regress a decent chunk, mainly because you get Cortland. Would you guys say Cortland Sutton's still the one, or do you think Judy's the one? Maybe it's gonna be a fight. <laughs> Cortland Sutton's probably the one for now. Yeah, well, I, Jared Judy is a higher ceiling. I think Jared Judy ends up being a better player all said and done so i could see him even this season at some point kind of taking over as that number one okay well i just thought his receptions are going to go down because i like i said i i have Corlin sutton as the number one right now and it could change in the season um uh, but 856 yards and three touchdowns not not bad at all for a rookie um like i said i think second year it's going to take a nice step forward i think actually having Corlin sutton as the one will help because He's obviously not going to see number one coverage to start the season. He may not even see double teams to start the season. And he is an athletic monster. Um, that guy just is a freak athlete. And I think it can really help out. Um, but it all depends. It could, well, I'll just jump to my X factor. It depends on the quarterback choice. Um, obviously, I think this team has a much higher ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. I don't think that's a hot take whatsoever. Um, 
not that Teddy Bridgewater is a world beater, but he's smart with the football. He can put it where it needs to be, and he can pick up plays on the ground, unlike Drew Locke. Um, we've seen him have success in the NFL, and I think this 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 team has one of the best overall rosters in this division. It has a defense that could easily finish top three, if not top one. It probably has the best secondary in the league. Um, you're also going to have Von Miller coming back um, and Chubb kind of giving some pressure up front, making them quarterbacks, make some awful decisions, and I think the secondary is going to make them pay for it. I like the receiving core. You, I'm still a big Noah Fant guy. I'm hoping if he doesn't break out this year, it's probably quiet for Noah Fant. He has a lot of issues with uh, actually holding on to the ball. Um, but once again, it's it's hard to tell if it's these guys' fault or if Drew Locke is just making uncatchable balls. Um, so with Drew Locke on the team, I it, it's weird because looking at their schedule, they have a lot of 50-50 games, in my opinion. They have a lot of games that are winnable but close. Um, they weren't high-scoring offense last year whatsoever, but they are also holding teams. So if you can bring in a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater that can maybe get an extra touchdown or an extra possession to score versus Drew Locke, I think this the, this team could make a playoff spot. And I hate to say that. <laughs> uh, but my yeah. defensive impact player, it, I picked the whole secondary just because I seriously think they might have the most lockdown secondary in the league this year. And, I mean, obviously we saw Sertain with a pick six preseason game. I told you, I think he's, he's going to crack that starting roster at some point with the DBs, man. KB, you were gonna say something? I think. Uh, no, no. Oh, I was. I was just saying that it's it's funny that uh, Dilly thinks they're gonna make the playoffs. That's where you made a bet on this. Well, that I also made that before I like dove deep into looking at this roster. It's the quarterback, man. If they if they have Drew Locke as their quarterback, I don't make, think they make the playoffs. If they have Teddy Bridgewater, I do. But we also it can't be a situation like in uh, Miami last year where you're flip-flopping between the two quarterbacks, at some point you're going to have to commit to a guy and let it ride out. Because if you don't commit to a guy, there's there's no fluidity in the locker room. Because you don't the quarterback doesn't know if he's starting or not probably until Friday. And how is that going to affect their mental, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's interesting that you, after look, doing a deeper dive on this team, that you uh, felt good about it. I, I actually went the opposite way. Um, the, the main reason being is, you know, even though that, that wide receiving core has the talents, they're relatively unproven. And my biggest concern is on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, it ranked in the bottom half for sure last season. Um, they have one of the best left tackles, um, at least statistically last year, Garrett Bowles, who he graded out at 90.6 uh, overall in PFF. Um, which is the third best mark uh, among left tackles. So um, they have their solution there, but the rest of the offensive line, I would say, is pretty average. Um, so that, that that gives me some concern because um, with the running backs that you have on this team, you need them to perform and to if if Drew Lock is the answer and if he's starting, uh, you need to rely on a consistent run game to to kind of carry the load. Oh, they don't have one. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, d- despite like, again, the, the, the talent at the wide receiver position, I think this team is still going to try and be a, a run first oriented team. So, um, yeah, a lot of question marks with this offense. 
Um, I hope Teddy Bridgewater starts. He covers up a lot of holes that I think this offense has just because of his ability to run um, and to get out of the pocket and to create plays. So I agree with Dilly on that point that, um, you know, he, the quarterback position is the biggest X factor, but um, it's not entirely the quarterback um, that needs to prove that this offense can be functional. And and it's a competitive division. Like like you know, we'll obviously touch on the total, the win totals later. But besides the Raiders, there's the two other teams. Obviously, the Chiefs. We know what they're going to do, but they they're really competing against the Chargers for second. Uh, yeah, yeah. And again, they're they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. Uh, mm-hmm. It all just depends on how the rest of the AFC shapes out, especially with the East, um, which we've touched on. It is loaded with the Dolphins and the Bills and. The, the Patriots being a question mark. So, um, yeah. And then um, on the defensive end, my biggest X factor is actually Vaughn Miller just coming off the injury. Um, he's got his running mate in Bradley Chubb. Um, so, you know, a lot of single coverage you'll see with Vaughn Miller, but also, you know, he has the ability to free up the other side. And with the secondary, how it is arguably the best in the league. Um, Von Miller is going to eat, and he's going to have the stats to prove it. Um, ACL, right, for him? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's weird saying Von Miller as the X Factor because he's just been consistent. Um, but if if he can take it to an elite level this year, uh, this defense might be untouchable. So, Yeah, I mean, how, how many times have we seen guys – bounce back fine from ACLs and some guys just never look the same after an ACL. And after, when you're in his position of an edge rusher, you kind of need that explosiveness. Um, he is going to be 32. So that's also something to look out for. He's a little older. The guy definitely has mileage on him, but it's also fucking Von Miller. <laughs> so. Right. And I think it helps that Bradley Chubb is oh, yeah. still playing with him because, um, you know, you can have just a natural progression where Bradley Chubb becomes the lead rush, the lead, uh, pass rusher on this team and Von Miller just kind of settles into more of a secondary role and you know can still thrive um, on coverage where he's single when he's just going at tackles one-on-one so um, it's a good problem for the Broncos to have just two stud linebackers who can get to the get to the quarterback so um, yeah, I'm excited for this Broncos defense for sure I agree with <clears throat> The vast majority of everything you guys said, and I'll try to keep it uh, quick here because he touched on a lot of it already. On the offense, I would see it similar to Dilly. The I put down the receiving core as a whole. I just think that it helps, you know, when you have a question mark at quarterback, having elite pass catchers that can uh, make the throws easier for them so they don't have to do too much is, is huge. I loved Judy coming out of college. I loved him last year. It broke my heart how many times I would see him absolutely just embarrass someone with his route running ability and then get overthrown by 10 yards. So I loved him. (laughs) Him him even being able to take another step, then Sutton coming back into the fold. I think that core is could be really special. And they built it how I really love building a wide receiver core where you kind of do it like almost like a basketball team 
just a lot of guys of different skill sets that can do different things in uh, the various parts of the field. You're true number one in what I think Judy could be. Session. Specialist. KJ Hamler's a speed uh, demon. Yep, yep. Just a speed demon, deep threat, and Hamler, and then a sudden big body athletic freak of a man. Uh, I'm really excited to watch that this year. On defense, I went with Kyle Fuller specifically because I do think the secondary is phenomenal regardless. But if he can turn back into uh, that bona fide lockdown number one that he was in Chicago with Vic Fangio, now that he's back in that scheme, I think that could take the secondary from like top five, top three to like, no, th- this is the best secondary in football. And there isn't much competition. Then, yeah, X Factor, same thing as Dilly, QB situation. I don't actually agree that the ceiling is higher with Teddy Bridgewater. I think the floor is higher Mm. because he's not going to make as many mistakes and lose you as many games, but he's not going to win them either. Drew Locke, albeit few and far between, when he plays well, he just has the tools to, you know, actually win them football games. So I think the ceiling is a little higher with him, but the floor is a hell of a lot lower. But Drew Locke's not playing well. That yeah, Drew Locke's biggest thing is the decision making. Like it's not the it's not the arm strength or the athleticism. He just makes bad decisions on the field. Yeah, just will throw it deep, no matter <laughs> what he's looking at. Uh, he had the highest average depth of target of every quarterback in the league last year. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure what I want them to do because Teddy Bridgewater is just so. Ugh to me and drew lock like i feel like it's hard to not go with the higher ceiling but having in a defense that good maybe you just go with the higher floor i go back and forth maybe just ride the hot hand just play whoever for a couple games whoever looked good at practice that week well, whatever the fuck it's gonna be a headache year for the broncos quarterback room <laughs> yeah, do you think that we're moving towards like teams being okay with just swapping quarterbacks and you know playing on um opponent scheme whatever's working the hot hand um because i feel like there's a lot of teams right now that are in a similar situation with the broncos who they have two very average saints competent quarterbacks who can play but uh you know not there isn't really one that sets the bar high or is standing out well, it's obviously, it's obviously with, harder, right? Like, you, if you're scheming per week, that's asking a lot more out of your offense. That's asking more out of your defense. You're going to have to drop separate plays, offensive coordinator-wise. And then, obviously, if you want to do longevity, you're going to have who's getting paid and who isn't, or are you going to try and swap someone out? Uh, it's possible. I mean, we saw – I think – I don't think game-wise, but I think situationally. Because perfect example, Philip Rivers was a starter, didn't have the arm strength. If they needed a bomb, they'd bring in Brissett. You know, two would actually throw it. I think situational quarterback. I, I think you'll see it with New Orleans this year. Taysom Hill's definitely going to have some quarterback schemes drawn up for him. Um, I think Taysom Hill is probably the perfect example of a player that you would use like that. I don't think you, you're going to have drawn up specific plays for Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. They're not ver- versatile enough for me to believe in that. I I think they are going in that direction just because it happens more and more often, like what KB said. 
And I don't think that that's the wrong decision because if you don't have the guy that you know is the guy where you're not going to take him out, even if he looks like he's not on that day, or if you don't have a guy that you need to learn more about, why not? Just do it. Whoever you feel at that moment, whether it's series to series, game to game, whoever you think gives you the best chance to win, you might as well roll them out there because you're not losing a whole lot. The question is, even though I feel I've seen enough with Drew Locke, he is still, you know, young. Maybe they don't. It's in that Daniel Jones camp of he's had flashes. Maybe now that the roster is the best that it's been over his tenure, he can put it all together and look a bit better. So That's why I'm a little more afraid because maybe they ride with the guy that knows the playbook. He knows the culture. He knows the system. Obviously, the Broncos also have... <laughs> You know the Broncos' streak of drafting quarterbacks. It's not been anything good as of late. So that's also kind of a management and owner thing of at a certain point, you got to step away from drafting these 6'6 unathletic white quarterbacks. It's just the NFL's. it's kind of like, um, to your point with the quarterback thing, it's kind of like how the Warriors changed the NBA. And after the Warriors made that three-pointing team, now we see all these guys making shooters and shooters, and it's not really much a grit and grind. You might see that, and it might be the, it's hard for us to kind of picture without seeing it, but that's just how the game evolves, right? And if you don't evolve, you fall behind. 100%. Uh, and what you mentioned there just made me think of something about how Drew Locke knows, you know. This is another thing where I like, I'm like, who are they going to start? Who, sh- who should they start? There's so many reasons for each. Uh, and I don't know that. We got a Friday Night Light situation on our hand. <laughs> yeah, like uh, sure, he's been on the team, sure, but now Teddy B, it's Teddy B's in there who was it was with Pat Shermer in Minnesota, who I touched no. on briefly in that last episode when we had our little, uh, when we went off the rails a little bit talking about the Broncos. So I don't know, man. I I think the team's going to be re- good regardless. The roster is too stacked from top to bottom not to be. So gone to your head. Who do you guys think starting week one for the Broncos? Week one, I think it's Drew Locke. Okay. Yeah. Man. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the team that finished third in this division last year. Uh, again, another team that got hit by the injury bug. I think um, every year, and you know, every year with the expectations this year, um, and just the overhaul that we has saw in the offseason. Another team that has high expectations, and that is Dilly's team, the LA Chargers. Dilly, take it away. Bro, the thing that scares me the most about this is now I'm seeing all kinds of people hyped up for the Chargers this year and saying they're a sleeper team and all this. And, I mean, you guys, you don't want that. You don't want to hear that. You don't. You want You want your team to be as under the radar as possible. Um, but watching the first preseason game, I was talking to Taryn about this before he got on here. There was a significant difference in how our defense looked this year, the preseason, just the entire scheme. Obviously, you bring in uh, Brandon Staley, if I said that right, from the Rams. It just seemed like our linebackers, and we've had a bad linebacking core for a long time, were actually being utilized the correct way, if that makes sense. They were more so crashing the middle, making the guys go to the outside, and then obviously we have the speed with the corners to get there. Um, and we didn't even have a lot of our starters in, which is the crazy thing. Um, but for me, obviously, I don't know what we did. I don't know if we built the San Diego Stadium on an Indian burial ground or something, but as long as I have been a Chargers fan, we have been injury-stricken forever. I don't know what it is. 
we've gotten new training staff year in year out i just, they just can't stay healthy um but for me my biggest offensive impact we have four new starters on the o-line this year four um obviously we bring in ironically the only we bring in Corey lindsley from the green bay packers the only other starter we have from last year is a former green bay packer <laughs> so um but then we obviously draft for sean slater we bring in matt feeler from the steelers a lot of moving parts um obviously justin herbert was like one of the most rushed quarterbacks in the league last year um we lost austin eckler early i know taryn doesn't like the running back situation of the league but we do use our running back a lot in the passing game as well as the running game so when you don't have your starting running back as probably our number two receiver it does hurt um losing hunter henry does kind of suck for us this year because I was a big check down guy for Justin Herbert last year. Jared Cook, very serviceable tight end. Everyone knows that. Um, but obviously the biggest impact for me on offense is going to be the new offensive line. Um, Terrence brought up before that usually quarterbacks that uh, do well under pressure tend to regress. It's worse when they look bad in the pocket. But we've never been able to see him actually have time in the pocket. And I think this year getting that in line, we'll see how it works. Um, the thing about a lot of these quarterbacks from last year is they didn't have a preseason. They didn't have a traditional OTAs because of COVID. He actually got preseason reps in this entire year as a starter. So we do have a new offensive coordinator as well with Joe Lombardi coming over from New Orleans. Um, so it's just it's been a huge rehaul in a lot of the areas for the Chargers this year, which could be either really good or really bad. Um, obviously, the defensive impact player I had to pick, Derwin James, um, coming back off of and we have, which is kind of tough because obviously we have i could have picked joey bosa he was injured last year there's a lot of questions about this defense just coming back injury wise but derwin james misses two seasons in a row with the back-to-back season ending injuries um arguably top three if not top one safety in the league when he's playing um he covers up a ton of holes on defense for us because our secondary has been lacking the last couple of years he's just fast he's all over the field there's not much more you can ask out of the guy. I just need him to play. That's the biggest thing. Um, and for an X factor, uh, kind of going back to it, I pick Justin Herbert's second year because there will be a regression, obviously, but I'm curious to see where he progresses. So if he can kind of fill some of the holes where he has progression in the right ways, where the because the yardage and touchdowns will probably regress a little bit. There's obviously more tape on him. His first game, we didn't even know he was going in until 20 minutes before when fucking uh tyrod taylor got stabbed to the chest um but i have high expectations for the team this year they have the pieces right they have the receiving core they have the quarterback they have the o-line they have the defense can they execute um it all depends on the coaching um obviously i wasn't a big we haven't had a really good coach in a long time wasn't a big anthony lynn fan um wasn't a big north turner fan obviously growing up and then um I'm blanking on the guy we had before Anthony Lynn for four years, the white guy. Um, but obviously this team has one of the biggest shakeups player personnel wise, and it's either going to work really well or come crashing down. There's, there's a lot of new on the team, which is good in some ways, you know, when you bring in pieces that you like, but having that all meshed together can take some time, obviously. I again, I actually agree with a lot of you say that you said the for like my offensive impact. I went with the offensive line because it's just never been good for no. so long, as long as I can think back. 
and they're not you're not deep either and we everyone knows the chargers injury history uh that's something that i probably less than most put stock into generally because injuries are so unpredictable but something's going on with the chargers i I don't know what it is i don't I, i would love to know yeah like there's enough data on them to show that like something's different or off here i don't know if it's just a higher power or the training staff but they're due for for some injuries pretty much every single year and um defensively i i just had the whole this whole staley scheme which i love i'm a big fan of brandon staley and i think that's where nfl defenses are moving because it works really Speed. well and that's pretty proven i just need to see how it gets implemented and how it works year one derwin james is going to be really fun in this defense uh, best safety in football i think that he's going to have a tremendous year if he can stay healthy and the most like impact probably that a safety has had on his defense in a long time i'd imagine he's going to even play a lot of outside corner I think that because he has a skill set for it, and I wouldn't be surprised that they use him there. Just you know, <laughs> and we don't have any corners. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you know, week to week, if if it calls for it, I can see him getting a lot of snaps there. I think the defense will be good. I just don't want to like think all of a sudden just because they got Staley, it's gonna jump up to one of the best in the league right off the bat. Is there's still some personnel issues, and you know, year one, it's it's hard to expect that much. Then uh, as X-Factor, I had Herbert. I've been pretty vocal about this. I see him regressing quite a bit. He could improve as a quarterback and look worse um, to the general public if, if the numbers aren't there, the box score numbers. And, like, it's what you said with the pressure is a big part of that. The way quarterbacks perform under pressure, really, really unstable. Anytime a quarterback has a very bad year or a very good year under pressure that tends to come back to the mean so and and like that's my biggest thing if if he can't maintain that it it, like even if he's under pressure less it doesn't matter a whole lot because he was so good under pressure that the bad offensive line he he covered it up for the most part so even with improvement there if he doesn't take a step forward which is entirely possible from a clean pocket it could look it could look rough for him this year in his second year. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of the analytics community actually thinks that he may be able to maintain a decent amount of that. There's a lot of conflicting numbers. It's a very hot topic. Him and Josh Allen are kind of the two that all offseason. That's who he was compared to coming out of college, too, was Josh Allen. My, my comp for him was a less athletic Josh Allen uh, when he was at Oregon. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And him and Josh Allen are the two guys that a lot of the football data nerds um, arguing about, just looking at all sorts of different stuff, trying to predict how they're gonna how they're gonna perform. So I'm I'm in the camp that I I think he maybe takes a tiny step forward just as a quarterback, but looks a lot worse to the just to the general public, which could could hurt the off the offense as a whole. Yeah, I'm just curious because not a lot of people. I don't. I think people are underestimating how much Austin Eckler actually affected this team last year, not being there. Because when he went down, Jesus Christ, we went through like seven running backs. We, Kalen Balage was our starting running back at one point from how bad we were doing. Um, mainly because 
I think he played like four games. He missed like nine or ten straight with that hamstring injury. But he's not really a, I'm trying to like who would you compare him to? Because he's he is a running back, but he also gets like six or seven catches a game. Like he's a big slot receiver guy for us. He is ninety percent of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That's what he is. I would rather have Austin uh, Eckler than Christian McCaffrey for what he's used for in money. Yeah. In money. Oh yeah, he's Possibly cheap. Elliot. Do you think he is similar to Alvin Kamara? I think he's better as a pass catcher than Alvin Kamara. Yeah, because that's the thing is I think he's a better pass catcher than running back, but he's also he doesn't really go down easily, which is kind of his flaw because that's what leads to his injuries. He doesn't like giving up on it. Um, obviously, an undrafted guy, I feel like he has this mentality of where he still has to prove himself every single game to try and get those extra yardage, which. Trust me, I don't. I'm not hating on you know a guy picking up extra yardage, but when it it his biggest success, it was very similar to the Mark Ingram Alvin Kamara year when Mark Ingram was the pounder and then Alvin Kamara was kind of the. It was when we had Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler because we would have Melvin Gordon just pound up the middle and then Austin Eckler would swing out to the side. We haven't had a guy that helps out or compliments Austin Eckler since Melvin Gordon has left. I think that's been a big issue with with our running game, but. New offensive coordinator this year. I would like to think they still use Austin Eckler for his skill set, but we have no idea. But I, granted, Joe Lombardi wasn't the OC in New Orleans. He was the quarterback's coach, so he obviously had nothing to do with the plays drawn up. But if they use him like they use Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, similar thing. I agree. And I think the improvement in offensive line does more for that rushing attack than having a difference in player at as we no surprise here, I would put more stock into the offensive line um, giving production in the run game than the actual running back. I, I think he's perfectly capable of being a t- between the tackles runner. I don't see a reason to take him off the field. Taking him off the field kind of, in my eyes, hurts you more than anything, even if there's a... It's a good pass blocker, uh, too. A little underrated yeah, on that. Even if there's a better guy you think that you have on the roster that can run up the A-gap, all that really does is forecast that you're not going to pass it to the running back out of the backfield. So I don't see the value there. He was a guy that even when, like you said, he was doing his best when you guys had Melvin Gordon, it frustrated me when Melvin Gordon was in the game and that's a Wisconsin boy. I do like him, but I'm just like, Austin Eckler is too good. And it's the Tony Pollard, it's the Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott situation. I'm, I'm very, I'm a very big Austin Eckler fan. As far as running backs go, there's like one, maybe two guys I'd rather have. Um, and that might be a hot take, but I is that just because of the pa- is the pass catching ability what puts it over? Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Austin Eckler's value on this team. Um, I think he was he is definitely one of the few running backs that actually has an impact on the offense based on his availability and his his, his ability to stay healthy. So, um, I like Austin Eckler a lot, uh, and it's not because he was on my fantasy oh. last year and I suffered greatly, but. Um, also yoked. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, like, he, he definitely has a, a larger impact uh, on the game than most running backs. And with the improved offensive line, um, I think his production just gets better as long as, again, caveat, stays healthy. Um, yeah. I the, the offensive line doesn't worry me. doesn't worry me. I'm not, like, overly concerned sure. about it just because um, they did bring in a lot of veteran guys. Um, their guards 
um, our, our savvy veterans, Corey Lindsay at, at the center position. He's one of the best centers in the league. And then um, the one main concern I have is Rashawn Slater. Though I love the pick, it is asking a lot for a rookie to play the blind side tackle position. Um, and he he does have the skill set to do it. But again, with that pressure and with the history, you know, of the Chargers not being able to keep Justin Herbert upright. Um, I'm interested to see how he plays and how his season goes, particularly on that side, especially with um, the pass rush he has to go up against in the AFC. Um, so other than that, like, again, Herbert is the, the biggest question mark, so um, we'll see with that. Um, I'm interested to know, Taryn, with the regression that you foresee coming or maybe the lack of progression, uh, maybe that's probably the better thing to say. How much do you think that impacts their their win total? So I I do think this is a, a much better roster than they had last year, and um, we we should see improvement regardless of where Herbert is, um, in terms of QB rankings. If he's you know a top ten in production, or he he kind of slides back to the medium, the average, um, in the league. Um, that's a good question because. I, I I don't know that it affects it too much because of what you said, the roster improvement. Uh, it's like, you know, improved roster and then regression from quarterback. I'm like, right. they, they kind of, in a way, balance each, each other out. out. Uh, I, but because of what I, like how I like to word it, where he could make little improvements as a quarterback overall, I think it's probably a net positive. Um the reason I'm just so vocal about his regression is because with the way he performed as a rookie, I think a lot of people are expecting, you know, that year to st- full step forward and he remains the same in all the areas he was good at. Uh, a lot of MVP talk from different people uh, about him in his second year. So I just... I, don't I you don't put that like evil that. on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put <laughs> that evil on me. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... Um, I think they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the general consensus, at least uh, from a betting perspective and just NFL and analyst experts. They, it sounds like they're on the same page with this team. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Daly, I, I have a question for you. Besides Joey Bosa, this pass rush. I mean, Yeah, they lost Melvin Ingram. That's a big thing that people aren't really talking about. I feel like it's one of the least talented groups in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I but I also think that's why they're going to use a lot more of uh, the linebackers to kind of assist in the run game. We've also, like historically, if you go back like the last five, we have not had a good run game or run defense like in the last five seasons, and we've still finished as a decent. The like the 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 front has never been our strong suit in in, in a while. We've obviously had pieces with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, but our 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 tackles and linebackers have always lacked for like the last three or four seasons, and we've still had good. We because it's almost weird like they <laughs> they they help each other more. I feel like there's more assisted tackles because they need to make the assisted tackles. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jerry Tillery, man, I love he's, that guy. I love that guy, and he's been woefully disappointing. He's been far. ass the past two seasons. Um, yep. so I, I think that there's just a lot of pressure on Brandon Staley to, again, 
him being who he is and his background, I think there's just a lot of pressure on him to turn turn this defense around and conservatively pass Joey Bosa and Derwin James, a defense that lacks talent. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the least talented defenses in the league. So um, I think that that is definitely my X factor. He is my X factor. There's a lot of hype uh, on Brandon Staley. I know there's a lot of um, sharps that are on him for coach of the year just because the of the anticipated turnaround for the Chargers. But um, we need to see this defense perform, and that's going to be the, the, the main concern with this team. Well, I will. As far as Jerry Tiller goes, last year this is gonna be the first year he's ever started. Last year he dropped like forty pounds from his rookie year, so he did look better in shape. So he is gonna see more reps. Maybe he gets used a little differently. Eucherno um, Wosa is finally getting a starting position um, from USC. He, when he has played, has shown flashes. Um, especially he used him as a lot of a linebacker. Um, but making him the other edge on top on the other side of Joey Bosa, I think he's more than capable of getting in the backfield. He's athletic. He's very athletic. His biggest thing, obviously, injury, much like any other Chargers. Um, but it is going to be year two for Kenneth Murray. Hopefully he takes a step forward um, as a linebacker. Um, kind of depends on it's going to be a big year to prove a year for me for him. Um, but obviously we do bring in a rookie cornerback who I think is going to see plenty of playing time. We still have Chris Harris and Derwin James. So it's not a world beater defense in any way, but I think they have the pieces to get the job done. I, yeah, I have a quick comment on that. Um, what you guys were both just talking about. I agree with you, KB, in the sense that top to bottom, Personnel wise, the defense is one of the you know it's in the bottom half. Uh, I I think it helps a lot though the area where I see them having talent, which is in the secondary. Right. Uh, I right. think the secondary combined, you know, with um, a scheme like Staley's helps cover up for a lot of issues up front. But to your credit, it's it's why you know even though despite I've been pounding the table for him as a coach and his defensive system. That's why I mentioned when I spoke uh, about my kind of prediction or things to watch on defense that it could not all come together right away because, you know, X's and O's are great, but you you need the personnel to execute a lot of these things. Any other thoughts on the Chargers? No. Uh, No? No. No? When we go to the Raiders? The Raiders. Yep. The Raiders. Uh, hot take: They don't finish second in the division this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually. I kind of forgot, and when I looked at this division, I was like, "Wait." They don't have an easy wow. schedule either. They really do not have an easy schedule, which sucks to suck. <laughs> yep. Um, Raiders overachieved for sure. The offense, I think, was a little slept on, but, man, that defense was atrocious, dude. Didn't get a lot better. Just atrocious. Um, I can, uh, I'll lead us off for this one. Offensive things to watch for me. I, I went with Henry Ruggs because, like, that's a guy they need to make the next step. I still think the offense is going to be pretty good. I think Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. They still got Waller, but they need that other guy. Um, and a lot of the reason the defense, the offense actually was 
sneaky good last year is because Nelson Aguilar had a little bit of a resurgence and he was that deep threat for them. So if Henry Ruggs can take a step forward and kind of fill that role, I, I can see the offense still being pretty good. Uh, defensively, my, my thing to watch was anyone. Can anyone do anything? There's like, you know, they bring in Yannick Ngakwe, who really hasn't been the same since he left Jacksonville. Uh, I think because really outside of when you take him out of that pin your ears back speed pass rusher, pass rushing role, there's not too much else to his game. But I just I think someone's got to step forward. The defense was close to historically bad last year, so I don't really see it being as bad. But even a small improvement is not enough. A small improvement on that defense is still a bottom five defensive football. Um, and then the the X factor, I just kind of had like their their division and schedule, just general situation, overachieving. You know they don't deserve to have to play a second place schedule, and with I think improvements slash stagnation from the other three teams in this division going to make things much tougher for them for, for a team that's not supremely talented in general. Um, yeah, I think with this team, the, the concern is definitely on the defensive side. Um, this secondary is just atrocious. Um, I don't know about you, Terry, but I was very high on Damon Arnett when he came out, um, and I just think he's been exposed since he's joined the Raiders. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on Damon Arnett. He was, you know, a highly touted prospect. Something about these Ohio State uh, DBs, man. Him and Jeffrey Akuda, I think they had very bad years. And, you know, with the skill set that they have, it's not something that you would expect normally, you know? Um, I don't want to blow up your spot here. I, I hated that pick. So oh, I did no. not, not because I hated the player so much right. in your defense. Uh, I like I would have liked it as a value play later in the draft, but it was a reach to me. Yeah, I I, yeah. Just, I, I don't think he was pro ready. I thought that there was holes in different parts of his game that a talented Ohio State defense kind of covered up for a little bit. So his struggles didn't surprise me all too much plus you know just when you go from a talented defense like that to a very bad defense doesn't help so i'm not willing to give up on him even though i hated the pick hopefully there's some sort of a year two improvement but those are my thoughts kind of generally yeah i i think the raiders have the same sentiment that he just improves along with this whole secondary in general because it is very young um jonathan jonathan abram is he was one of the worst safeties in the league and they need him to improve um, as a 2019 selection, and they brought in uh, uh, what's it, Trevon Morg at free safety, um, a second round pick. Um, so, yeah, the secondary is very young. They have to deal with um, three teams in their division that have literally unbelievable. Kyrie Kill, Keenan Allen, and Jared Judy. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, Twi- six <laughs> games. I mean, pray, pray for Damon Arnett, whoever. Whoever's playing CB one, they're I know they brought in Casey Hayward, but he's not a world beater either anyway. So um this defense is rough. I, I'm actually surprised that they ended up winning eight games. I don't know what Gruden has in that Derek I don't Carr. know what he's Oh man. Yeah, yeah, Derek Carr. He was 
uh, a big reason for that. And with what I think is a very mediocre offensive line, um, they did try to address that in the first round. I think they reached for Alex Leatherwood. Um, yeah. But again, <laughs> when you need when you need offensive line help, like it, that's that's where this team is. So, um, yeah, I mean, their skill players are actually pretty good. Darren Waller, he's a top three tight end. I think we all agree he's three. Yeah. Uh, besides the other two, and then Josh Jacobs, he's been just even though he's been injured. Um, He's been a model of consistency for this team, and he's something that Derek Carr can rely on. So, um, this team is such a question mark, and I know that a lot of people are not high on this team, and for good reason. But I wouldn't be surprised if they surpass their projected win total. But again, just with the rest of the teams in this division, I still end up thinking they finish last. So, yeah, Dilly, any thoughts? The the fear with the Josh Jacobs thing is they brought in Kenyon Drake, and it's already been expected that they're supposed to share carries, which I would much rather have Josh Jacobs getting the workload than Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah. Kenyon Drake is the definition of showing flashes as a player, um, whereas Josh Jacobs has been a little more consistent. And when you're a John, I think the Leatherwood pick was more of a Gruden's going to get his guy no matter what in the first round, and I just think that's the unfortunate thing. So he saw him as being a Raider. That's the reason he got him. He is a Josh Jacobs guy. I know that. So I'm hoping that Josh, because Josh or John Gruden seems to think you need to run the ball 35 times a game, every single game, no matter what, um, which you don't. <laughs> Just heads up. Um, I think defensively, I picked Yannick Ngakwe because I think that might be talent wise if he can return to anything like he was in jacksonville i don't think they used him right in baltimore but it's also terrence credit i think he's a scheme fit guy the raiders do do a lot of blitzes um so hopefully he fits into that very well um darren waller obviously had to be my offensive impact player he has to be the most talented offensive player just because i like henry lugs henry ruggs a lot but he was injured last year so we never really got to see maybe a fully healthy henry ruggs um it's going to be tough for them. I actually will probably bet the over on most of the Raiders games, mainly because Derek Carr is more than capable. Of... Derek Carr is a great fantasy quarterback because he's probably going to end with two touchdowns at 450 yards almost every fucking game because they're going to be playing from behind early. Um, and a lot of those wins last year were very close games that were just like fourth quarter, comeback, two-minute drill, Derek Carr gets the ball and they win. Um, I think Derek Carr is kind of an underrated quarterback in the NFL. A lot of people don't like him, mainly because maybe it's the Raiders and the Raiders team sucks. But he hasn't had the greatest personnel to work with. Um, uh, defensively, uh, already yeah, I did that. Uh, my X Factor is actually, so PFF going into the season has them ranked as the fourth worst secondary in the league. Isn't surprising because of how much they got burned last year. I still, even though there's going to be guys in the second year, they're still going to get burned this year. I don't think it makes much of a difference. You can, they can improve and be the, the bottom ten quarter or secondary in the league, and they're still going to get torn apart over the middle. Their linebacking core isn't anything uh, to be afraid of. Um, I'm actually curious to see if Darren Waller can put back to our three seasons in a row thousand yards. Um, obviously, he wasn't really utilized in Baltimore. He is being used correctly. On the Raiders, um, to me though, they don't really have a set red zone guy other than Josh Jacobs. I think it goes back to that John Gruden thing of he's just going to pound the rock as much as he can. But 
he uh, I think that's a lot of the reasons that they lose games is because it's almost easier to scheme for a John Gruden offense and defensively you know that the corners they're easy to beat. Um, so I think going forward they have a lot more to bring to this team if they want to compete. Especially it's going to be a competitive division. It is what it is. They're going in the wrong way, whereas the Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs are all going in the right way. Maybe the problem with uh, Josh Jacobs is because he's was not the best running back in that class. It is your boy, David Montgomery. Shout out, David Montgomery. Who's going to have a box back here? That, that graphic of him where they put, <laughs> like, where <laughs> it's, like, legs of Saquon Barkley, speed. They have, like, the six different running backs that I he's, know, like, it's it's pretty funny. But David I Montgomery is a brick shit house. That guy is a muscle hamster. Shout out to everyone. Everyone slept on him. He's, yeah, I agree with Terry. He's going to have a, a breakout year. He's he's worth more to the Bears offense than a lot of people think. Um and I think they have expectations that he is going to turn into a lead back. So, yeah. This is for David Montgomery, the best back in that class. Josh Jacobs, suck it. Come on the show. Uh, real quick. <laughs> I That's rude, did... bro. He grew up homeless. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, the story with this whole franchise since this regime uh, took over is... The Raiders. I can't take this analogy as mine unfortunately because it's not and i'd be lying if i said that i don't remember where i heard it but i think it was after the draft gruden is a great cook he's like a great chef that has no fucking idea how to grocery shop yeah that's what this is right here because and and that's exactly why they were able to you know string together eight wins or however many they had last year how many times did we mention this from different people? Like, oh, that was a reach. That was a horrible draft pick. Their drafting has been atrocious. Trayvon Morig, and to give some credit, was like their first pick that I've liked. And he fell. That year. was the reason they got him, is he wasn't even supposed yeah. to be there. <laughs> he was the first pick that they've li- I've liked in however many fucking drafts. It started with Cleveland Furl. Terrible pick. Jonathan Abram in the same cl- class. Terrible pick. I didn't like him at all. He can't cover for shit. Part of the reason probably the, the secondary is so bad. And then they also took a running back who we've mentioned, Josh Jacobs. Drafts haven't gotten much better since that one. And that's how you end up with the roster situation that they have. And these are all the picks that they got for Khalil Mack that they've turned into nothing. Yeah, which, like, they won that trade process-wise. <laughs> I'm trading an elite. Longevity, no. <laughs> every time but man you gotta use them (laughs) they might as well just have traded him away for a bag of chips because they didn't fucking do anything with those picks that's why i can sleep at night knowing that we even though we gave up that much for cleo mac worth it that what ended up coming to the raiders for it looks like dog shit so yeah good in process good in hindsight but result based now i think uh, you know, with th- those picks uh, conveying, and you know, we're finally out of that whole thing. I feel good about it for sure, dude. Post this year too, like, cause COVID's still going on. Next year, when teams are coming to Vegas for the away games, I can't wait for the headlines of players that aren't making the game because of something that happened the night before. There's no shot those guys don't go out the night before. Yeah. Fun fact: the uh, the the seventeenth game that they added to the Bears schedule was. 
at Las Vegas. Are you so, gonna go? <laughs> I might go, and then like with the Bears, this might end up being a game that we we should win, but end up losing just because of fucking Gruden or Derek Carr okay, pulls something out of his ass. You're gonna see that when with my rankings. If you go back and look historically at all four teams, we usually most teams split 50-50 in this division for whatever reason. Even even going back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs historically will drop one or two games to a division. Uh, granted, you see each other twice a year, right? But like, if you're the Chiefs losing to the Raiders, it's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But like, it happens. It's so weird. I have a fun, since we're doing okay on time, I have a fun little thought experiment for you guys because as, as it relates to this division. How do you see, just in general, you know, are they a contender, you know, all of this, the Broncos, if Derek Carr was their quarterback? They're better than the Chargers that take second in the division. I think with Derek Carr, that's an 11-win team. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking. I think they're a content, like a legit contender. For I think they. I think they win more than eleven games in Derek Carr. I think like deep playoff run is certainly yeah. not out of the question if you put him on that roster. Plus, the shitty thing is the dude loves football. Like he's like he's like a gamer. Like that guy wants to play football. And for the last three years, it's been like, oh, we're gonna trade Derek Carr. We're gonna trade Derek Carr. We're like, how, that, that's gotta suck, right? Like it's like free Derek Carr if anybody on that team. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm with that. I haven't heard that ever. It's like, it's exactly what you said. A lot of people trying to, you know, mock or project other quarterbacks to the Raiders. Fuck that. Free Derek Carr. Get this it man out it of reminds me of the back of the day with the Lakers with Pau Gasol towards the end. There was like four seasons in a row where they put him on the trade block. And then they're like, oh, we were never going to trade you. But they did it for four fucking seasons in a row. It's like at a certain point, you stop having faith in your organization. Could you like imagine like, so Derek Carr on the Eagles, who wins that division? are so bad but it's kind of like the raiders yeah that's what i'm saying the eagles even with deshaun watson there oh the eagles in my opinion win with deshaun watson that division that that division's bad that's why i put it there that's why i put it on the eagles yeah right i actually it's funny that you say that you mentioned that hypothetical with the broncos because you know if they were in inner division Derek carr would be a perfect fit for denver there's oh, a lot man. of teams that would be a perfect fit for Denver. <laughs> or a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> You're walking yeah. into a top three <laughs> top three defense. You have wide receiver weapons. You're just like a shaky O line, but you could you could fix that. <laughs> right. Dude, this is why like I, when all the rumors of Aaron Rodgers and fucking Watson going to the Broncos, I was like, bro, I already have Patrick Mahomes in this division. If I have to go up against Patrick Mahomes, I'm probably gonna have to go up against Aaron Rodgers, and I fucking hate it. So if I have to go up against Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, I'm just going to go play in traffic because there's no point in me watching the fucking season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a – that to, to Dilly's credit, I liked the Derek Carr example because we were just talking about freeing him and it's a quarterback in the same division. But that Broncos team, as you if you couldn't tell from our – when we broke them down, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I'm like – they're going to fight for this division. I've heard a lot, like, as far as Rodgers going there next year, I've heard of uh, Kirk Cousins since uh, possibly opting out and going there next year. I've heard of even Derek Carr because he could go. He knows the division. But there's been, like, seven or eight names that I've already heard. And we haven't even started this season, about next season, that are targets for the Broncos. Matt Ryan next year, book it. 
he would fit. That's the thing, though. Like, oh, it's such an easy team to just plug in a guy. You just need a guy that's not going to, uh, I, I guess, a higher IQ mind, if that makes sense. You want a guy that's, you want an Alex Smith, <laughs> essentially. A guy that's not going to blow you away with numbers, but he can get the job done. It kind of reminds me of, like, um, when the Ravens won with Joe Flacco. Like, Joe Flacco, you know, Joe Flacco's elite. Joe Flacco was very <laughs> mediocre, but that defense just carried them, and it worked. I agree. Shall we move on to... Uh, yeah, the chalk. <laughs> unfortunately, like, it's kind of weird because they're so good, but at least in my opinion, like, the least exciting team in this division. I think it's just because of we've seen the same team for so many years. They haven't changed, but they're still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of just know what you're getting. Uh, why don't yeah, you, KB... you, just, you just know you're getting the division winner. <laughs> right. Maybe I don't think you've started us off since we since we did the Broncos. So why don't you take the lead on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, Super Bowl runner up. Very little holes on the team. Obviously, the biggest one being, um, especially in the Super Bowl game, the lack of protection for Patrick Mahomes, which I think that was the main reason why they ended up losing that game. Um, they addressed it and they addressed it in a big way. Um, their longtime tackles. I feel like they've been there forever. Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz, they are now gone. Uh, they end up getting Orlando Brown from the Ravens for a King's Ransom, I feel like. And then uh, they signed Joe Thune, um to play left guard to a huge contract. So um, they addressed what they needed to on this team. Uh, the, skill, the skill players remain largely the same. Um, Travis Kelsey, I think he'll end up being one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Um, and I don't think that's an understatement. And then Tyree Kill, uh, you know what you're getting with him. And I don't know. With with the other receivers, Patrick Mahomes just makes them look better than I think they actually are. It's the Tom Brady effect. Tom Brady had dog shit receivers most of his career and just made it work. Right. So, I mean, the X Factor does have to be the offensive line just because of that's where the question marks are. But in terms of the other positions, I'm hoping we see some progression with Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, and his production. Because, um, you know, if he if he's given us yards, if he's getting us touches that are productive, that just makes things easier for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I don't want to see the Chiefs regress into a team that overly relies on Patrick Mahomes, like some other teams we know that have heavily rely on the quarterback. So, um, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> they Going still have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> could you imagine yeah. Aaron could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey most of his career? <laughs> uh yeah. I mean it, what do you say about this offense? It's the best in the league, and until proven otherwise, I'm gonna keep saying that. So um on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think they're as bad as what people think. Um, they are very average, but they have some good pieces. I really liked what we saw from Legarius Need um, last mm-hmm. season. Um, he was obviously the big surprise in that secondary. Um, he definitely benefited from playing with uh, Tyron Matthew. Um, he he covers up a lot of um, weaknesses otherwise from 
what we saw as a young quarterback group. So um, I'm expecting him to have another great year. And then with this pass rush, um, it's it's interesting because Frank Clark, he... Here, what a lot say of people, Frank Clark, he might run by your house with the gap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I, he's not living up to what he needs to be to, for, to make this Kansas City defense better. So I think that's um, an understatement. I think he's played like shit. He's been buns. I, he's my X Factor for sure uh, because you know what you're getting with uh, Chris Jones. But Frank Clark, he, he needs to pick it up for this defense to be better. Um, and again, with an average defense, the Chiefs were still blowing people out. So if this if this pass rush improves, the secondary is is more than confident enough to to hold things down. And you know, with this defense, if they get better, it makes things easier for Patrick Mahomes and the they, offense. They honestly do have a similar layout to the Chargers, where they have one definite edge rusher. They have corners and a safety that can hold up the secondary. They're just better. They have at... a definite edge rusher. I mean, Chris Jones. Chris Jones? He's he like like, like you would rather have a Joey Bosa than Chris Jones. <sighs> That's what I'm saying. But oh, I'm trying to compare the two defenses. You know what I mean? Probably yeah. I, I guess probably yeah. They have a pass rusher, I guess. But man, especially when you don't have anything on the edge, like plugging up that middle. Opposing offensive line, just like. But that's why I'm comparing it to the Chargers because you guys brought up concerns of the Chargers front, and like the Chargers front obviously lacked, and then their their strength of the secondary. It's very similar to the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs have a better secondary than the Chargers. Really? Overall, overall, yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I think people sleep on Daniel Sorensen. I I love him as a free safety and. Tyron Matthew, obviously, you know what you're getting with him. And I think the closest thing is with the cornerbacks. Um, I get the slight edge to Kansas City, but okay, it toss up. Really? Just picking hairs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't hate it. I'm just a little shocked that you're that convinced. Um, I'm sorry yeah. for last laughing about you talking about Sorensen. He's a good player. It's just like, it's just funny, man. We're just talking about the Chiefs and that, like, that when that name comes up, it makes me laugh a little bit. I feel like he's um, been there forever. Yeah, he's like number forty something too, right? Like before all these numbers changed, it was like a gross number for like a starting positional player was in the forties. Yeah, everything about this man is gross. But I think he's forty nine. I'm gonna check real quick. That's <laughs> disgusting. All right, that's what I'm saying. That is disgusting. Um, while you, he's while you he's number forty nine, bro. That's the starting <laughs> safety. There's a practice squad ass number right there. Yeah, like, and you have to be, it's, even though he's good, he's not good enough to make that number cool. Like, if Derwin James was 49, I'd yeah. be like, yeah. 49 right. is now cool. You yeah. can't say anything about it, but he's just not, he's not quite there. 40, 44 to 49 should be fullbacks only, or, like, second string linebackers. There should be Unless no. Unless you're elite elite. Yeah, you gotta be, like, if, like, fucking Jalen Ramsey or fucking like Jesse Bates or 49, I'd be like, all right, I can fucking deal with this. <laughs> yeah, anything in the 40s, that's like, that's what your long, your long snap is. Yeah, use check made the 40s cool, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, Off, like it sucks because 
I want to talk negatively about the Chiefs because I have hated their process over the last few years, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, just, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes plus the weapons that they have for now, who fucking cares? It's like, whatever. Um, of, offensively, I, I had Travis Kelsey because, yeah, he's still amazing. Uh, 1B, 1A, whatever, you know, who really cares that much? Tight end in the league. One of the best. Uh, one of the best in history, I think, all said and done. Just like KB said. But he's getting up there in age. Where where do we start to see the the decline? You know, he's not, not invincible, and they do utilize him a lot, so... He could hit that Zach Ertz esque cliff. I think any of these any of these seasons now, he's better than him. I know, but it's something to watch. Defensively, I uh, had... before you continue. Do you think that he's taken a lot of hits throughout his career? I I think that's no, the reason I why. don't. I don't actually. He's, he stayed relatively healthy, and like I don't. Yeah, with, <laughs> with tight ends, especially you have like. Concussion concerns mostly just because. Um, yeah, well, I think I think the, the difference with him is he's a, since he's obviously so athletic, he's usually beat his man when he's going for those yeah. catches. So he's not getting lit up over the middle, and Mahomes is smart enough to not kind of deliver that to him like that. He's usually the one that engages in the tackling. He's usually the one lowering the shoulder, not taking it. Um, he's also just smart enough to where the guy he will go out of bounds. He doesn't. Have, it's not a pride thing. He'll go out. But he's just a smart runner, and usually when you see him catch, he's either wide open or he's he just has position on the guy. It reminds me a lot of Antonio Gates and Tony G's where you can tell he boxes out a lot like a basketball player, so he creates that separation. And I think with Andy Reid, like he schemes him perfectly. You can line you can line him up outside, and that's that's where he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he's not he's not the greatest run blocker but you know he he's never really put in that situation where they rely heavily on him to do that um but continue taren yeah no and and i agree you you guys make some valid points it's just an age thing i think eventually you know we're going to start to see that where when and where does that come in uh but defensively i don't have to talk too much it's legerious need that I think he covered up a lot of holes. I am not as high on the defense as maybe KB is. I think Frank Clark is buns, um, aside from a few sacks and big moments that people make people think he's good. I, the only way I'm confident in him quickly having a pass rush win against the tackle he's facing is if he pulls out his Uzi. So uh, as long as as long as Legarius Sneed doesn't take a sophomore step back. I uh, think he's really important for them. And my X factor is health, which I am going to, I feel like I'm going to sound like. Welcome uh, to the AFC West, baby. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm taking Dilly's shine here because, man, he he's big, big injury guy. But this team is so shallow. Like, they're, they have no third pass catching option. Don't make fun of me because we've had this discussion, but Sammy Watkins was important for that football team. <laughs> Dilly looks unhappy right now. Anytime Sammy Watkins is brought up, I'm unhappy, bro. <laughs> He's just as good as Kelvin Benjamin was. Come on, man. Come on. What? They both have one good season. Good Lord. 
It's just Calvin Benjamin, come on the show. You're not doing anything. After the top two guys, there's nothing there. Mikkel Hardman is not it. Demarcus <laughs> Robinson is not it. There's nothing there. If either Kelsey or Hill goes down, it's quiet. Or even if the few times where there's been defenses that are good enough and have the correct scheme where they can kind of take both of those guys away, those are the three touchdown Sammy Watkins games that, that he would have because he's at least good enough to do that um, as a third option on a team. They don't have, I don't think they have that guy anymore. And same thing on the offensive line. I'm of the opinion that they really overreacted to the Super Bowl. I think the offensive line was fine. They overpaid for Orlando Brown and they overpaid for a guard. Joe Thune's great and all but he's a guard at the end of the day i just i don't like paying big money there and this is like all this kind of together is why i said i don't like their process and including their drafting you take a first round running back when you have thing you know it's it's things like that why this is a perfect example actually why i hate so much about first round running backs because what could that have been that could have been your third guy um on offense that i'm talking about as a weapon that could have been an offensive lineman that either gave you some depth for the Super Bowl or is good enough that it's next guy up so you don't have to pay huge money and draft capital for the other two. And then you're going to have to pay Orlando Brown once because he, he wants his contract. So I haven't liked their process. It scares me the direction they're going for them. I don't really care. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but it's like, you know. This, I love it. Don't, don't, don't do to Patrick Mahomes what – the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers that it's, it, it, it's starting to make to feel a little bit like that. And I, I agree. And I yeah. really hope that they don't go down that road because I've got one Super Bowl, and you know, they've already got theirs and they're on that path. So you, you better fix it or win another one quickly. Cause it's really tough. It's really tough. How much of the Super Bowl last year do you put on just the defense being shit. Again, Super Bowl just, last year? just because obviously the Chiefs didn't put up nearly as they didn't put any up. They didn't score in the Super Bowl. And a lot of people blame the offensive line, but I also no. don't think that the defense put them in a hole early on. Um, and you had Mahomes kind of playing catch up and trying to force things. I also, much. people tend to forget there was two catchable touchdowns that Chiefs players dropped in the end zone in the Super Bowl. One hitting Elaire right in the fucking face mask and he dropped it on that side pass from Mahomes. So I do I do I do think the O line obviously it doesn't help, right? Like he was running around back there. That's not an excuse. Russell Wilson fucking won a Super Bowl with a shit O line. Like you can win without a good O line. They, I just think the Chiefs as a whole played bad, to be honest. The receivers weren't doing their job, and I think as much as I did, it's fucking Tom Brady. Like at the end of the day, like he played up. The it was just the Bucks were just the better team that day. Um, that that defense looked it. Yeah, insane. Um, well, also though, so they have all five offensive linemen are new starters this year. They don't have one guy from that was starting last year on this starting roster, Not and. Good. No, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, if <laughs> there's a theme here of the Chargers getting flack, and e- almost each of these teams have one thing that the Chargers are going through. Um, obviously, you see a lot of the struggle when the center changes, just because that's a big role in it. Um, but obviously, 
the Travis Kelsey thing, I'm not really afraid of him. He's had it's hard when he's had five thousand plus yards like seasons in a row for me to see him. Even if he declined a little bit and went to like, because like he has thousand yard receiving, but it's like thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred yards a season. It's like it's up there. So even if he regresses and falls to a thousand yard flat receiver, I still think it's fine. Um, but to your credit, they aren't deep. Uh, Demarcus Robinson is probably the best next man up. I think Hardman is just a burner. Honestly, that's all he really is, and he's a return man. Um, but when Demarcus Robinson is your second best receiver. I was kind of surprised they didn't sign any receivers this offseason, if I'm being honest, just because um, as far as injuries go, they've been lucky with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they haven't had to go without any of them missing. Um, If one of them does go down, it's still going to be harder to skip against Tyreek Hill because of the speed, but at least you can drop a safety on him every time. That still doesn't work against Tyreek Hill. But I think you have to have both for it to work because when you have Travis Kelsey over the middle, it opens up things for Travis or Tyreek Hill. And then when you have Tyreek Hill over the top, it opens up things for Travis Kelsey. So it's like a really good one-two punch. I do think, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is talented enough to work with the receiving core he has. Um, I don't think they would be talented enough to win a Super Bowl if one of those two went down. Um, I don't think this defense is that good, in my opinion. Um, I think they're going to get exposed a little bit this year. Um, defensively, I picked uh, Tyron Matthew because if anyone's going to help save that last secondary dish, it would be him. Um, I think he brings more than just the safety role. I think he kind of brings the hype to that defense and more of like he, every team needs a dog on their team defensively, um, and that's definitely their dog. Um, obviously, we've seen him for years be a top safety. He kind of fell off for a little bit, was a little injured, and then he's come back to form. Um, but the X factor for me, I think the O line's being a little undervalued. I think that's going to be a good O line, but I think it will struggle early. It's it's interesting that we have a lot of, I think, negative things to say about the Chiefs, but they'll still be good. They're much... still my. They're still winning. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure, like, <laughs> not enough to. I don't think any of that affects it enough to determine the game difference. If that makes sense. It's just like things could happen. Like if they did lose a Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, it's going to be tougher for them to win the division, in my opinion. Right. Um, I was just interested in seeing what the line was on McCall Hardman's yards, 725 and a half. Which he might, he'd probably go over because there's no one else. If Tyreek Hill and, and uh, honestly, a layer might be getting a lot of dump offs. <laughs> if. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean, though? Like, if Travis Kelsey and Tyreek aren't open, he's probably just swinging it to a lair. Don't they have, like, do they still have 17 running backs, the Chiefs? Probably. Uh, I think we took one of them. They have uh, Darrell yeah, Williams. Took, they have, yeah, Darrell Williams is their second string, no. And they have Jarek McKinnon from San Francisco. Yeah, but, like. Yeah. It was being used as he made a kind of a really nice tackle, actually, in the preseason game he was being used as a gunner on a punt and he tackled whoever the 49ers returner was it was nice but weird also (laughs) i don't know know. yeah uh orlando brown important to note i think too has not been like the greatest tackle in football he's been pretty good but uh easier to pass protect um when defenses are worried about lamar jackson also a very different job um blocking for a scheme like that versus where you're going to have to 
hold it down because Patrick Mahomes will sit there with the ball, uh, knowing he can deliver and escape and make things happen in the pocket. So that's important to know. Plus what Dilly said with the turnover doesn't tend to bode well for offensive lines. I I just think this team is super good, but of like all the contenders, like maybe the top five or say six teams, top three in each conference, they're the most fragile. Yeah, I think one yeah. one big thing going wrong could really throw a wrench into the, into their season hopes or playoff hopes that it wouldn't for a lot of the other contenders. I also think uh, at some point when Kyle Long comes back, they're going to put him into the starting lineup, wouldn't you think? It doesn't really. He's he has such a bad history with injuries, and I, I he used to be an All Pro, but I don't think that changes much on this offensive line. I just feel like they they didn't bring him in uh, for nothing for me, in my opinion, though. Like I don't, I feel like they wouldn't have signed him unless it was the depth move. But I I don't know. It just I mean you would know better than anyone. I feel like he's a good leader. Yeah, no, good guy to have in the locker room uh, for sure. And locker room. I just wanted to touch on um, nice an interesting thing that you said, Terry, about Orlando Brown just changing his role changes, um, just protecting Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a very good take. Um, and just with these two teams in general, the Chargers and the Chiefs, who completely revamped their offensive line, I think they've gotten better skill-wise, but um, to what we said earlier, like just this change, that's it's a big question mark, you know? a big thing with offensive lines are continuity and uh, being comfortable with who you're playing with. And that doesn't come overnight for sure. Fortunately, so. I'm used to like, I don't think we've, I couldn't tell you the last time we started the season with the same, at least two O linemen in like 10 years. I feel like every year we have a new O line. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's move on to best bets before we give predictions. Um, I'll go first, and this is something I've already mentioned on a previous episode. I'm going with the Broncos to make the playoffs. Um, currently, it's sitting at plus 115. I've seen other books put it at 156, so um, it is plus money. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on the Broncos, um, but this defense is going to show out, and depending on what they do with the quarterback situation, um, I think they can make some noise in the AFC. I like that. Um, I I wrote that one down because it was my first one, but I was like, there's no way someone else isn't doing that. And not only did you, but I actually um, was texting with our other co-host, G, who was not here today before, and he sent me... I'm going to actually go through his records as well. He sent me his record predictions and his best bet, just to read off. He also picked Denver plus 115 to make the playoffs. So... Fuck yep. you, G. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, come on the show, G. Not here. Yeah, G, come on the show next next episode, maybe. Just for fun, just to see. Um, he's he's having a lovely episode. weekend with his girlfriend. Leave him alone. Also, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's his birthday. So, happy birthday, G. Um, can't wait to have you back. But, yeah. Also, so... wait, G, fuck Man City. They suck. Yo, awesome. Liverpool 3-0 win to start. The... All right, we're talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I knew at least one of you clowns were going to do that. So I put Javante Williams. Hey, talking about a running back. Javante Williams over 750 yards. I yeah. love that man so much. Um, 
was my favorite running back, 1A, 1B with ETN coming out of the draft. I think he easily wins the job over Melvin Gordon and gets the majority of the touches. I like the offensive line. Um, It's at least average, and I think can shine a little bit even when it comes to run blocking. 750 in 17 games just seems like something he can handle, Um, and I think they're going to try to utilize their running backs a fair bit. Plus, who I actually forgot when we originally talked about preseason, but he looked good, man. And it felt really good because it kind of confirmed my priors. I'm not going to take a victory lap out over one preseason game, but that's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about is ETN Najee Harris. And also the thing that benefits him is Melvin Gordon has injury history and fumbling issues. So, yeah. And he's on one, he's on a $4 million contract this year. And then he's a free agent. So, yep. Melvin Gordon. What are his odds on, uh, Offensive rookie of the year. That's a good question. Um, well, while you look that up, I uh, I picked the Chargers over nine and a half games. I think they do go over, and I also picked Darren Waller, thousand fifty yards. I think he goes over that just because I think they do not have a lot of reception uh, or uh, pass catchers of skill. Besides, I'm not a Hunter Renfro guy. I know some people have a huge hard on for Hunter Renfro. And I've seen it all over Twitter, him making some cuts. If that's like your second best receiver, good luck. I agree they with said, that take. They said Waller's line at 1050? Yeah. He's hit that over. That's, yeah. In the past two years. And with an added game, like, it, it, there's nothing that's changing with this offense. Right? Well, the line maybe. didn't get better, but maybe the people well, aren't. Like, in terms of skill players, like, there's oh, no, no taking no. his touches. This, you're going to laugh, but he produced, so I don't. Like what it is, what it is. I think it's worth mentioning that if Rugs doesn't take a step forward, they have no threat over the top. And Nelson Aguilar, for as much as he's been memed, opened the field up for them and right. makes yep. it easier. He yep. he had a. They're obviously not the same guys, but he had. Well, a yeah, and he's on. He's on the Patriots. For, <laughs> he had a similar effect for Darren Waller that. Tyreek Hill has four Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey in terms of opening up the field. So I think that's worth mentioning. I if Ruggs is anything like he was in college, though, he'll definitely be better than Tyreek Hill. That guy's a speed demon. He had the fastest 40 time in the combine, didn't he? Ruggs, during his year? Yes. I think he was the yes. fastest guy. But, I mean, right, exactly. But, you know, so was John Ross. And congrats, <laughs> New York Giants. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, the, the John Ross dig. <laughs> He's gone through enough, yeah, bro. Uh, Javante Williams has the same odds as Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I not as not as large odds as I thought. Yeah, I still I would. would I, I, I for sure. I would take Jalen Waddle over that. Still, I'm telling you, bro. He's gonna finish the year as the number one wide receiver on the Dolphins. He's gonna do it. The injury history for the Dolphins. I, I just think just Devontae Will Fuller, bro. This is <laughs> the same case with Javante Williams. Like, they, they, yeah, they have people ahead of these guys. It's just a matter of when, not if, you know. And that, that that's gonna play into if they win an award like that because they need the touches, the production to to really win that. So as as much as Jalen Waddle gives me a hard on, at least I, I at least think year one he's still not better than Will Fuller. So yeah. it's it's 
a matter of I didn't say that either, but when have we ever seen know. Will Fuller play a no, full no, no, season? No. I know that, I know that. But I'm saying like that's why I think really for now injury is the only way where Javante Williams I think is just better than Melvin Gordon. Also, keep in mind, Will Fuller's missing game one of this season. So we're gonna see Jalen Waller starting week one. For the for the for the PED stuff, yeah. I think. So we should see Jalen Waller starting week one. For fun, by the way, just so you know, we'll probably have to do like an episode where we do crazy sports takes or something. But I, just a little teaser: I think PEDs should be legal in sports and have a lot of reasons. So there you go, sneak peek. Uh, anyway, should, should we go? Should we go? Into Darren's the like, yo, everyone just hop on trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can go uh, through the records. Let's do the record oh predictions. Okay, I think uh, you're going to be alone on that take. I'm just saying that. I'm <laughs> yeah. right I can't wait to hear your reasoning. I'm sure there's like medical reasonings and you're not just thinking I'm guys should get fucking juiced and just like. I'm fucking I don't. Jesus Christ, bro. All right. I, I All just right, imagined yeah. the first part of the came to me was like Bobby Wagner roided out just fucking wreaking havoc. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. So uh, start with the Broncos, huh? Who wants to go first? I will. I have the Broncos okay. at ten and seven. What? I thought we were going in order of order of finish. Yeah, they finished last in the division last year. No, for this oh, year. Oh, we're going like in terms of our. We're not doing that anymore. I thought the same thing actually, Dilly. But that's just for the breakdown. So we go actually like we pick our last in the division regardless. Oh, Raiders five and twelve. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I had them at five and twelve as well. I've also got the Raiders at six and eleven, and our boy G Raiders five and twelve. Chino probably had the money um, in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, next their, li- I had... their line is at six and a half. So the under. I mean, yeah. What's the Broncos line? Eight, eight and, and, and a half. Yes, yeah. I had so them at ten and seven. So I'll have them over. Third? Yeah. Okay. Third. Uh, third, I had the. Chargers at nine and eight. Um, and I also G, had the Chargers. At G nine had eight. the Broncos at ten and seven. So, so. wow. Yep. Yeah. So, second. I mean, with with Denver and LA, a battle for second and third. It looks like we all have them finishing over five hundred. Um, hopefully, that's enough for both of these teams to get to, into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I. I yeah, L.A. and Denver, they could sw- literally swap, but I do have L.A. at 9-8. So, um, yeah, and second, I have the Chargers at 11-6. and six. Gotcha. Maybe. Denver, I have them finishing 10-7. Okay. Man, I've gone back and forth with this one a couple times. Oh, I boy. Can't it's one game. It's one. No, it's the same team. I'm oh, not crazy. Okay. I have Denver. I was just sad. I was about to call you the dumbest motherfucker. Like, I, and like the like. That's beyond disrespect <laughs> at that point. I yes no. I have the I have the Denver Broncos finishing second. But I have since before the podcast and actually since we've been recording, I've switched it a couple times. So I'm just gonna give. I can't decide if they're gonna win ten or eleven games. So we basically I, we just switched. Me and you, the Chargers and Broncos records, essentially. My brain tells me 10 and 7, so I'm going to stick with that. But I need it on the record that my heart says they win. They go 11 and 6. Well, my heart says the Chargers go undefeated, but my brain says that they go 11 and 6. 
Dude, this team is too good, which is why I love that best bet for them making the playoffs. It's I think it, we're just finally ahead of the 2017 Jaguars, the 2018 Bears, and the 2019 football team. That defense is going to carry them, and I think they have a better offense outside of the quarterback than all those three teams that did it the previous years. Yeah, for so. them, they have three winnable games to start with the Giants, Jags, and Jets. They have to win those three. That's the thing. They still have to take care of business because then – they play the Ravens, Steelers, Browns. So, like, you got to take care of the easy three because then it's not – you're going up against three defenses that don't fuck around. Would you be willing to sprinkle some on them winning the division? The AFC? Oh, no, I wouldn't take them to win the division. To win the AFC West plus 700. To win the AFC 28 to 1. No. I don't like them to win the AFC. I man. I'm not I'm not I'm not voting against Patrick Listen, Mahomes. I talking about this just now convinced me that if something does go wrong with the Chiefs, like an Rob, injury. Yes, dude. Yes. It's gonna be a free fall. Like it's yes, gonna be worse dude. than what we think. Like I know. Oh boy. Oh, that's man. that's essentially what you're betting on because we also saw Patrick Mahomes miss three games one year and still win the division. Yeah, but the division was dog shit. Now you have three top heavy teams and the the Raiders who I don't know yeah, why hey, they bro, play the Chiefs pretty competitive hey, for some reason. Do. You go for it. I'm not <laughs> going against the Chiefs. I'm not I'm not betting but <laughs> this guy. You just, hey. you just yeah. said you just said plus seven hundred that it's no shot. I I don't think that it that's that crazy. I don't think that that's that crazy either. Tyreek Hill goes down. Tyreek Hill gets injured this any time before week five and is out the rest of the year. The Broncos. I'm gonna remember you guys on this fucking honeymoon phase with the Broncos. Hey, like, I don't even nice like when... the Broncos. They beat the And Packers then when Drew Locke starts every single game and they win four games, we'll come back. Anyway. I have the Chiefs winning at 13 and 4. I have them at 12 and 5. Ooh. Oh, KB. I had them at 12 and 5 for a while. The only thing that scares me is that the win total is 12 and a half and Andy Reid has never gone under his win total since he's been the head coach of the Chiefs. That's a fire stab. Fuck. So Man. bet that over at 13 <laughs> <laughs> Which freaks me out a little bit. But at the same time, you know, de- definition of insanity is expecting, you know. It's true, but we also got blessed run. with playing the NFC East this year. So that means the Chiefs get to also play the NFC East this year, which is four free wins for the Chiefs. Yeah, um, I had them at thirteen and four for just that reason. That I, I wanted twelve and five, but that spooked me. Uh, putting them up to thirteen and four, and What's... our man G highest on the Chiefs of us all. Uh, no, wait, you said fourteen and three, right, Dilly? Or no, you said thirteen and 13 four. Thirteen and four. Yeah, G highest on on the Chiefs out of all of us has them fourteen and three. And Chino probably had them seventeen. Damn. I mean, what? looking at the schedule, they have. I don't think this the, the first week they play the Browns. I don't know it's not a free why. Man. No, I don't know why they're six point favorites. I think that's a little high. Yep. Um, also, great. And that's where the line is. And then 
They're at the Ravens. They have to play Aaron Rodgers. They're at Tennessee. Nashville's not the easiest place to play. Like, at, it's true. You're, have a game everything you're saying Rodgers. is true, but they also have this guy named Patrick Mahomes. And I, I would bet that they don't go undefeated in the division. They haven't. No way. At least two, two, two losses. Um, they split I'm, with. They split the Broncos and the Chargers. No, I'm telling our division. Most teams split like 50-50 between. It's just if you go back and look historically, it just splits. We we lost twice to the Chiefs last year, and our first game with fucking Herbert was against the Chiefs, and we almost won. That's why fourteen and two. They're not going to replicate that for sure from last year. And that's why I picked thirteen and four, baby. (sighs) All right. Um, Do we have them winning the AFC? Mm, Let me look real quick. Probably not. Oh man. Um... No. Spoiler for the AFC East. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. God, I don't like it. I still think they win the AFC, though. Well, okay, so obviously the South's out. Who fucking... I I don't... I I think they do better than the Titans. Uh, Chiefs will beat the Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. It'll happen. It's between it's between the West and the East because I think I think the North is going to be very competitive, but I still think the Chiefs have a better oh, record than who wait, finishes in the North. Oh man, no. I like the Browns a little bit. Yeah, I like the Browns like with the Browns. So you think the Browns potentially a fourteen and three? <laughs> See, this is where it gets rough with this one. No, no, no. But, not, not to not to be the number one seed to like to make to, the Super Bowl. To, to be the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought you meant the number one team. No, no, no. Yeah. To win in the AFC, meaning they win. The I AFC. I made my staple of who I want to go. I I have been so fucking high on the Browns this off season. I gotta ride with the Brownies. Because right. the betting favorites have the the Chiefs. Then the Bills and the Ravens. And yeah, because I think isn't like is it still plus fourteen hundred for the Browns to win? Yes, I believe. Let's see. I like the Browns. The Browns a are lot. currently eight to one. Just one of those things where it's so hard. To yeah, we should make a podcast team parlay of our uh, bet where we all put in money for the Browns to win the fucking AFC. No, that's what I'm saying. I the. The things that we have consensus on, I'm gonna throw it just a couple bucks and as a podcast, we're gonna. I thought you meant like winning the like winning the AFC the like best seed. record. Yeah, that's what I, I thought you meant. I think those are different odds. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I would definitely. Because I believe I had the I think I you had the what? Browns win. You know what? No, no, I don't think they make the Super Bowl. The this the, they're not they can't do it this many times in a row. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> That's why I just said the Browns. Yeah. Well, I before just said <laughs> uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, but I thought I thought we were talking about the record. That's why I was like, I still think the Chiefs have a better record than the Browns, but I think the Browns, the Browns overall have a better team, right? Better defense for sure. Oh, so, like yeah, I think so. Better O line because the Browns are have to have like a top five O line in the league. And then it comes down to the receiving core. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes over Baker Mayfield. It's not even close to a contest. It doesn't come down to the receiving core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Cleveland's not easy to play in either, though, bro. Especially in the winter. That's just... Good luck. Cleveland's trash. 
trash idea. Yo, fuck anyway, it. We can wrap this Sh up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, shout out the brownies. Um, they are great. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, we will continue with our division previews uh, next week. We uh, did... You can find us uh, at the Dump Off Pod on Twitter and Instagram. It is just at the Dump Off on TikTok. Uh, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that goes a long way to getting um, some listens and, you know, just for the algorithm algorithm to put us up there. So um, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. Uh, you can find me at KB Sumswag on Twitter. Dilly, go ahead. You can follow me at Dilly Slays on Twitter and Twitch. Taryn, where can they find you? Nice Arizona State shirt, by the way, you fucking jabroni. What is that supposed to mean? One of my Did best friends. There? One, no, one of my best friends went to went to school there. That has so. nothing to do with it. <laughs> Arizona State being a fucking trash ass university. Bro, chill, dude. Brandon Ayuk, come on. Bro, they accept like eighty percent of their applicants, and it comes with an STD. Look, I'm not saying it's fucking oh. Harvard, all right. I'm just <laughs> saying. Shout out Sun Devils. I'm hey, there's saying. there's a reason this is their shit, bro. Sorry, I'm supportive of my friends. Sorry. Sue me. Anyway, I, you can find me at Karen Caravella on all social media. Um, you can find our co-hosts. We'll link them. But G, I believe, is at underscore G Martini on Twitter and at Gianluca Martini on Instagram. Chino, I think, is at iChino12. And uh, I think that's it for us. So we'll see you guys next week. Or next all week. right. Annoyed you with my friendship. Peace. Bitch. <laughs>